This is the KT Live podcast by College Times. Hello and welcome to the KT Live podcast, your window to life in the UAE. My name is Anamika Chatterjee and I'm your host. Sleep is the most important part of our life. In fact, the quality of sleep determines the quality of life. But there are people who are making do with 2 or 3 hours of sleep almost on an everyday basis. Can it lead to cognitive decline? Can it lead to stress? Today, I have with me someone who's going to dissect all the issues related to sleep for you. Welcome to the KT Life podcast, Dr. Anamika. Thank you, Anamika. Firstly, sleep has become a very very important issue of our time, you know, lack of sleep. Um the daily ritual regarding sleep is being talked about every now and then. Why are people sleeping so little in modern day? So, Anamika, let me start with this. As you have discussed and told people that sleep is really important in our life, and averagely I think a person should sleep around 6 to 8 hours. but nowadays because of the advancement of technology so much information there are so many devices so much to do for people that they are compromising on their sleep and they are actually hooking on to these cell phones cameras TVs video games and there are a lot of things so when you're using a device like cell phone there is a lot of stimulation mental stimulation and then it actually disturbs your sleep when you're looking maybe if you're looking like 10 minutes before sleeping at the phone it will lead on to at least 2 hours of stimulation so then you cannot go to sleep just right. after looking at the phone so one of the main reasons i would say are the cell phones secondly uh, there is for especially young children there are a lot of processed food available there's a lot of sugar high they've been exposed to chocolates and lot of uh, stuff when they eat in the night if they eat that they are unable to sleep they are very excited so it reduces the number of hours mm. then we have late nights nowadays long working hours because of maybe economic issues there are other issues there are a lot of disturbances noise pollution lot of gadgets going on so in all in all all these things the, I, w- i would say one of the main reasons is the technology lot of exposure which has led to l- reduced number of hours of sleep and apart from that yeah people do have their own sleep issues like somebody cannot go to sleep fast insomnias restless leg there are a lot of medical related issues when you're trying to sleep even if there's no noise or exposure so there are multiple things involved here you know in certain professions uh, like the one we belong to you can never really get disconnected because new cycle works yes. 24 hours so for people who are working longer hours mm-hmm. you know it's difficult to get the requisite uh, number amount of, of hours and yes. am- amount of sleep yeah so what can they do differently okay so for long hours or erratic hours i would suggest there's nothing like power nap if you cannot take a 7 8 hours sleep at a stretch you could also do is like you can uh, distribute i mean you can do 4 hours or then you can work for 4 hours and again sleep in the afternoons because 
we now as in last few years we've been sleeping the 6 to 8 hours if you see the ancient history there were lot of breaks in the sleep hmm. there are a lot of research which show that we were not meant to sleep continuously for 8 hours hmm. a 4 hour sleep and the gap and again you can go on work and again rest of the sleep later is also enough so you can have a power nap and suppose if your profession doesn't allow you to have a longer stretch hmm. but at the end of the day you should have the number of hours that would help absolutely and physical hours? labor was yes. greater during yes. that time hmm. and even though we are not doing anything physically now even the sedentary nature of our work yes. is contributing to the sleeplessness right yes so and we are not tired enough to sleep for 8 hours hmm. so it's better if you can sleep for 4 5 hours and then compensate later in the day according to your schedule whenever you get time have a power nap for 1 2 hours hmm. even that can help and this is only for those who cannot adjust in a normal routine not for everyone Mm. I would ideally say that you sleep for 6 to 8 hours at a stretch mm. at night. Yes, if you really can't then this is one of the options. Mm. You're also a sleep specialist and uh, I do deal with sleep apnea, snoring mm. and there are other sleep disorders. Mm. Basically it is sleep disordered breathing. So when you are asleep and then you are not able to breathe properly, that is what I deal with. Mm. what happens when you're sleeping your passages the air is passing through your nose through your throat and then going to the lungs now if there's any narrowing any problem in those structures you have a snoring sound which is everyone can hear so whenever air is passing through a narrow passage it will create a sound so this is what we call as snoring which i think everyone must have encountered in their life now what happens but we don't necessarily see it as a problem it is simple snoring so it's mm. more of a nuisance for a partner mm. it might not cause any harm to the patient but the next step here is if the snoring continues and then same these passages like especially in the throat area they are soft tissues say for tonsil or palate they all come together close together and they shut the airway completely that is where you are not breathing for minimum 10 seconds this mm. is what is known as apnea apnea means no breathing mm. so when the snoring leads to sleep apnea then it becomes a dangerous problem when yeah for 10 seconds you are not breathing here so that is how it happens now the brain registers this that for 10 seconds you are not breathing you have to bring it out of it you have the brain has to make you alive again no breathing means it's dangerous so there's an arousal and all these passages passages are made open the brain exerts whatever the mechanisms involved i'm not going in the details but all these tissues they go apart the muscle tones they are relaxed and then these passages open and the breathing is resumed now when this whole thing is happening there is lot of stress on your vital organs on brain heart lungs oxygen the cells so every night imagine this is happening multiple times instead of your brain or your body recuperating in the sleep it's struggling to keep you you know your airways open so this becomes a very complicated situation for the body and eventually you land up into lot of complications complications starting with blood pressure because of the stress leading to stress diabetes stroke heart disease these are the 
organ damages and as you said cognitive decline so there is lack of you know efficiency in work because you have not slept properly there is a big massive oxygen desaturation in the night so during corona you must have seen the oxygen desaturation you understand what it is so it goes below 95 very commonly in fact some of the patients i've seen it's gone to 60% imagine every night for multiple times so this is one of the major issues here it's the oxygen desaturation is happening in the night so when you are getting up in the morning you are not at all fresh you have brain fogging i would say you could have a headache the most common symptom is daytime tiredness yeah. patient will come he'll say i've slept for 8 hours but still i'm not you know fresh mm. so they don't understand what is happening in the night so this whole thing is a part of sleep apnea mm. and these can lead to depression and very like dangerous part is it can lead to accidents vehicular accidents machinery accidents because you have involuntary sleep attacks in the day so what are involuntary sleep attacks okay right so suppose you are waiting for me or i am waiting for you and then i'm just waiting and i just doze off and i don't even realize that so anywhere you are waiting for any bus or in airport or you're watching television you're sitting and reading and then you realize you had just dozed off so so many patients come and tell me this and we call it involuntary sleep attacks or micro sleep attacks now imagine if you're driving and this happens for one second you just you know doze off it can lead to a massive accident so these are the things which patient doesn't realize this happens someone is observing them and then they're telling you you're dozing off so they're like no i'm fine i slept for 8 hours why i my sleep is enough so these are the pointers which can show you that you have sleep deprivation and then we have to make the patient realize that these attacks are not normal these when you sleep for 8 hours you don't go you don't have these involuntary dozing off anywhere hmm. at least you should be fresh till the night hmm. so this is one of the pointers when patients are alone they don't know they are snoring they don't know this is the problem they have unfortunately for sleep apnea 70 to 80% patients are not aware of it yeah yes. in fact i read 80 to 90% people yes, yes. go undiagnosed yes undiagnosed and that is where the danger marks come because if it's undiagnosed it's leading to all other complications i've had patients coming with hypertension they've massive blood i mean hypertension uncontrollable diabetes they're going for strokes one of my patient went for went for angioplasty later it was all you know when we went into the details the cause was sleep apnea undiagnosed so no matter you are taking treatment for the other end organ diseases but if you are not removing the cause it will remain there and it will aggravate the situation and i always tell my patients this is one of the problems which need to be solved because you sleep every day and the moment you sleep the whole cycle starts irrespective of you know other problems there are causative agents if you're a smoker or you take alcohol you can at least restrict all that you can stay away from polluted areas but what do you do about the sleep you're going to sleep every night so it's very important that you know that your sleep breathing when you are asleep the breathing 
the patterns, whatever is happening in the night is normal and it's not causing damage. It, for sleep is needed for recuperation, as I earlier said. So that's what it should be. There's regeneration of the tissue. You should be relaxed. And here, your body's struggling, struggling to open your airways. You're snoring whole night. You're tossing and turning. Some of the patients have, you know, the leg movement, restless leg syndrome, we oh, call yes. it. Oh, yes. Yes. Leg movements multiple times. That doesn't let them sleep. Then what is this indicative of, doctor? Restless? Stress? Uh, no, the leg movement. Leg movements is, is one of the... Uh, dizzy, I mean, I would say it's one of the conditions. It's not indicative of anything. It's a neurological condition. Some people have that. Uh, they just move their leg multiple times in the night. Because of that movement, there's a lot of breakage in the sleep. So there are medical treatments for that. Mm. And when we are doing sleep study, we check that too. So that is one of the things. Another thing in the night is acid reflux, which can trigger sleep apnea cycle. Now, acid reflux, again, in today's world is very common. Why? Because most of us are having late night dinners and sleeping thereof. Ideally, there should be a three hours gap so that the digestion, you know, has started and the acid doesn't come in your throat area when you're sleeping. But I don't think so. Everyone can follow this. So moment you eat a heavy meal, you go to sleep and the digestion starts, all your acid from the stomach comes to your vocal cord area, and there there's a spasm and a sleep apnea cycle is triggered, very commonly. Mm -hmm. So it is acid reflux. So one need to make changes in lifestyle. Because sleep apnea, if you want to prevent at least these acid reflux, this can be prevented by your lifestyle changes, a light meal, or go for a walk after dinner, or if you don't have time, then take an extra pillow when you're sleeping for first one hour. These are the precautions you can take. Mm -hmm. Another thing, sleep apnea, because it's a structural problem, obesity also contributes to it. So, so if you have extra weight, extra, you know, pad of fat around your neck, your neck is thick, you have a big belly, you should look into that. Try to reduce weight do more exercise, have a moderate diet, and there are various ways to do that. So at least the sleep apnea, the choking, and the, these, I said, stoppage of breathing, these attacks are reduced. So what I tell the patients, a 10% reduction in weight can bring down the sleep apnea by 10%. Whatever it is, it does help. So these are the things in patient's hand, the acidity problem, the obesity, the lifestyle, you have to have, you know, an active lifestyle. Another thing which aggravates sleep apnea is if you're taking sedatives, if you're taking extra medication, it again relaxes all your tissues and all your sleep apneic cycles can be increased. The sedatives, mm -hmm. right? People are on many medications so they can contribute to their sleep apnea cycle. Now, recent research also shows there's a genetic component some people are prone to, you know, the collapse of the airway. So that part, we can't help. If it is there, it's there. Then, now when the patient comes to me with these symptoms, I have to give pointers to them. That do you, uh, despite sleeping for eight hours, were you still tired in the day? Were you fatigued? Or do you have dryness of mouth, you know? <coughs> and then do you suddenly doze off? or you're not very, um, you know, alert when you're working, 
you're irritable or are you getting depressive episodes so these are the things patient is like yeah yeah i can relate to this so then i say okay let's try and i don't know because a lot of them are single or not they don't have a partner who can tell their snoring so then these pointers lead me to conduct a sleep study so when we do a sleep study this is how we diagnose whether the patient has sleep apnea or not we have to document it first so sleep study is done in a setup in the generally in the hospital setup and lot of channels i'm not going in details are put right and we measure number of apneas how many times the oxygen is going down the snoring episodes and multiple things are measured in this this is a overnight study okay wow. yes the whole night you have to be in a sleep lab there are home based studies too you can do that too mm-hmm. so once i do the study i can see whether it's just the snoring or is it sleep apnea and there are various other you know modifications of these diseases so this is how it is diagnosed but a sleep study is a must for children it could be big tonsils adenoids small chin so if these structures are all coming together when the child is sleeping then he won't be able to breathe so it can be i mean it can cause a lot of problem in children they get suffocated and if there is no arousal some day then it can cause it can lead to big trouble so this is in the children commonly plus the syn- children who have syndromes multiple syndromes they can have this problem another thing is the as i said skeletal structure how small or big is your chin how is your jaw placed even that puts a lot of pressure on the airway and it can lead to sleep apnea so teens they can have big tonsils a deviated nasal septum they could have big nasal turbinates there are structures in the nose which can compromise the space they could be suffering from nasal block from long time but they wouldn't be like bothered okay it's just a nasal block but nose is the starting point of our airway passage if the narrowing the snoring starts from there so nose also needs to be addressed in this so anyone having nasal block long time and then they tell me about dryness in the night or choking then i tell them that it you could be having sleep apnea yeah so so how is it uh, diagnosed can it be self diagnosed yes so for self diagnosis what i do is if you are like it depends you're single you're sleeping alone or you're sleeping with someone so if you have a partner then it makes easier because partner can see snoring loud snoring they can hear they can witness choking episodes so these are the common things which a partner notices if you are alone the we have different symptoms which i would uh, distribute into nighttime symptoms and daytime so patient on his own might feel that he has dryness whole night dryness of throat one of those sometimes there's night sweats even nightmares unusual nightmares and night sweats another thing is too much movement in the night restlessness then they might have choking themselves some patients come with choking that i was suddenly i felt choked and i got up so one of those few patients have frequent urination they have to keep going to the washroom so these are the pointers in the night 
Now, in the daytime, these are more significant symptoms. As I said earlier, there's tiredness, fatigue when you're getting up in the morning. There could be early morning headache for no reason. He's getting up every day and he has a headache. So that, and then you are uh, confused in the mornings. You are not very really fresh mentally. Third, then suddenly you develop blood pressure. Your sugar levels are raised for no other reason. You have a fit lifestyle, but then this is happening. So these are the pointers. Plus earlier, as we discussed, sleep attacks, micro sleep attacks, involuntary sleep attacks, dozing off and feeling, you know, not fresh whole day. And then a lot of times these patients have history of allergies, nasal allergies, nasal blocks, rhinitis, hay fever, asthma. Asthma is also related to sleep apnea. So all those history has to be taken. Then those, the smokers and night shift people, erratic lifestyle, sleep schedules, that and all, that, that adds on to this. So when you're on your own, you have to look at these symptoms. But I would say the main one is daytime tiredness and fatigue. And what can we do to correct this? So to correct this... In terms of lifestyle changes. Lifestyle changes, like if you have excess weight, you have to reduce that. You have to have a fit lifestyle. Your dinner and sleep timing should be adjusted. One is this. If you have nasal blocks, allergies, get that treated. If you're recurrent... Sore throats, tonsil problems, again, has to either take treatment or take precautions in regards to food and diet. You can do gargles and, you know, avoid cold foodstuffs and all that. And so basically we can do as much in terms of precautions because essentially it's a structural disease. Hmm. So you cannot change your structures inside your how your nose is shaped or how your tonsils are big or small or your jaw is placed only thing in your hands are these things so that and how does it impact the quality of sleep the quality of sleep is really bad if you are having a sleep apnea attack the sleep efficiency goes down a lot because it leads to a broken fragmented very disturbed sleep you're not even sleeping continuously for five to ten minutes you are in one of the deep stages of sleep, no doubt. Because when we do the sleep study, I can see that. But the quality, there are multiple arousals. There are multiple obstructions. There are blockages. So it's actually as if you're not sleeping at all. So quality is really bad. A very broken sleep. Hmm. And that leads to a lot of sleep deprivation and all the symptoms and complications what I mentioned earlier. Do you experience resistance among uh, your uh, patients to wearing machines? A lot. <laughs> because it's a very uncomfortable yes. machine that you're expected yes. to wear for it's, sleep apnea. I know. The actual treatment, the most common treatment, what people are aware of is the machines. And I know it's a big mask you have to wear, though they, are, they have come with nasal pillows, small masks too. But what I have experienced in my patients it, there's a demarcation, like the young patients, most of them reject the machine outrightly. This is how it is. And the older group, they do try. And a lot of them try and they're happy with it. They're okay with the commitment. But the younger lot, they are like, we cannot do this all our life. Asking someone for a lifelong commitment 
using a mask or machine every night is i think a too much for ask and that commitment they're not ready for it and there's there are some group of patients which they start very enthusiastically but if i follow through like next 3 4 years they most of them stop using it because it's not easy to use a machine every night so to help these people we have alternative we have lot of surgical treatment available for those who reject the machine or for those who cannot tolerate the machine machine is not always very tolerable or very comfortable for all it depends on the problem they have so it's not that just machine is a treatment for everybody so there we do a lot of sleep surgeries and then patient is really benefited by these surgeries the airways are open through these surgeries and then the quality of life especially in terms of daytime tiredness it's greatly improved and patient actually i would say they get a new lease of life because this surgery they they the sleep is connected with every single thing in our life so then they i have got these feedbacks from patient that after surgery i slept for first time continuously for 6 to 7 hours today and i'm so fresh and when you hear this you know surgery was successful and then i asked the partner i would uh, mention here one thing that with this with the surgeries you cannot have the snoring completely vanished but the partner will come out with yes he did snore but it was i would call it socially acceptable snoring <laughs> yes that's there what is a socially acceptable snoring <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes there is it's he's very very mild snoring and i was not disturbed and it did arouse my sleep so these are the two criteria which we look at as in terms of surgical success so mm. and it is very important because sleep is the key thing in in the life i would say if you don't sleep well your whole day is gone so this is what we aim to improve that part for people's life that what 7 8 hours rest they're looking forward to should be of a good quality should be you know comfortable but you know there is a phenomenon where people who are getting 8 hours of sleep mm-hmm. are also feeling uh, restless yes uh, and anxious mm-hmm. why is that so is it because the mind is all yes. even at work yes so one of the reasons here is i told you the extra stimulation the information our mind is taking in every day so i would advise such people to follow sleep hygiene sleep hygiene it involves first of all taking off your gadgets at least an hour before you sleep no gadgets one hour before your sleep okay secondly too many bright lights they should be dimmed at least an hour or so before the sleep because the light also stimulates your mind there are certain chemicals in the brain which get stimulated due to this artificial light so those are very technical terms but so you have to stay away from light have a dim atmosphere in your room then don't have your television gadgets and your bed in the same area it's a good idea to have your all these gadgets in another room and your bedroom separate so that helps though it sounds like no but third thing is <laughs> good old advice like i would advise someone is not having a good sleep can start reading some books like hard copy not kindle or <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure that that always works so the if you take to reading some books or some articles basic stories not again not very 
like something not uh, connected to news or you know new information just a story it does help it does help for people who have a struggle like the falling asleep so these mm-hmm. things help secondly if you have as i said nasal allergies or nasal blocks you need to get that treated mm-hmm. otherwise it will cause a disturbed sleep and you'll be very restless whole night mm-hmm. the lastly mentally if you are very stressed about your work you have finished your whole long day of work but in the night you like i didn't do this i have to do that that mental conversation there you have to use your will power you have to train your mind to tell that this is sleep time no questions will be answered mm-hmm. i have to sleep we'll see it in the morning and it works if you just willingly do that every night because your mind is asking you questions and you're trying to answer them you're finding solutions to your daytime problems during the night so if you try this exercise it might help and there's some meditation videos and exercises i wanted to come to that yes. actually because nowadays a lot of apps mm-hmm. are promising that you will go to sleep mm-hmm. you know uh and people are sleeping with their mobile phones turning on those apps in the hope that okay the music the meditation will so isn't there a contradiction there it is that's why i'm laughing because the same thing i said the gadgets are the one causing a stimulation whether they're producing a very soothing sound but at the end of the day it's a gadget and then that is causing again stimulation because some sound is being produced through a mobile hmm. so it's it's a good idea to keep it away you can do it mentally that's what i'm saying you don't need a external app to do it our minds are very strong if you tell your mind to just relax that sleep time just give that order it does work instead of getting a device from outside putting some music on it or some meditative sound frankly personally i would be more stu- i mean i my sleep would be broken by such external <laughs> interferences and so, rem sleep yes how important is that it's really very important it's the re like i said it regenerates our cells it is required it's very important for our creativity for all our recuperation so we go into that sleep during 90 hour sleep cycle after the stage 1 stage 2 stage 3 and we end up into rem sleep so every sleep cycle has these mm. four cycles unfortunately since the relaxation happens more it's a deep sleep with rapid eye movement sleep apnea is aggravated in this cycle hmm. most of the sleep uh, studies i see they are maximum in the rem sleep so this cycle is more in children in adults the uh, duration of this cycle is lesser because this is more in children they are more visually you know their cognition visually is much better than uh, adults that's why their imagination is better REM sleep is important for that creativity imagination mm. recuperation regeneration of our you know organs cells everything but if you are taking a sedative or if you are interfering with your uh, daily lifestyle the REM sleep i can see a lot of time disturbed REM sleep in fact for some patients who are on to some antidepressants i saw there was no REM sleep it's not yeah. very common but it's not good so if there's a sleep cycle when i see there's a problem with non rem or rem sleep then i refer such patients to the experts 
because this is beyond my field hmm. this is more of another sleep disorder hmm. rem sleep disorder but yes it does contribute more to sleep apnea and it is important to have the sleep in the right quantity hmm. at which point should one opt for a sedative because you have many over the counter sedatives for sleep disorders and people are very quick to you know pop pills i to my from my point of view you don't have to just resort to a sedative if you have an issue then you have to meet an expert a neurologist or a psychiatrist who look into insomnias or sleep disturbances they are the medical issues connected with sleep problems and they should analyze they would analyze and tell you what's the problem and if they prescribe then take don't take on your own because if you're taking on your own it's not going to help it might put you to sleep for one day but it will not in long term it will not help it's not a good idea to pop sedatives on your own mm. according to me you have mentioned almost everything that there Uh, is needed to know about sleep and lack of sleep what can people do differently to maintain a good sleep hygiene mentally mentally the relaxation they should compartmentalize their work schedule and their other suppose they have come off come back from the office they should leave that work there what if they are sleeping they should sleep this is very important so you know compartmentalize be focused on what you're doing so just take it that sleep is also one of the tasks take it that way it's a project i have to sleep now no other questions to be answered or no other distractions that way they can do and then also it depends if someone actually has a light sleep the issue of you know falling asleep not very easily sometimes the temperature in the room your bed sheets the way you're sleeping that also matters you have to make the environment very sleep friendly according to your needs you have to do that and lot of things you are eating in the evenings any beverages which cause stimulation like no tea. sugar after 6 yes. for example i don't go by blanket <laughs> statements if it works for you fine because hmm. some people still sleep they have a coffee and they can go to sleep so what works for you you have to find individually there's no one uh straightforward formula for this i've seen different people have different issues and they still sleep and some people trying everything and they are light sleepers some will have to accept yeah yeah you are a light sleeper so it's okay sometimes you feel you've just not slept you're aware but it's okay maybe you are just in stage 2 1 2 it's fine you're still sleeping so one has to know you are what quality of sleep you have it's okay not everyone goes into deep sleep all the time that is also okay acceptable mm. but then you have to be you have to have a very friendly and cozy environment to sleep mm. sleep apnea snoring all the machines i would put in a word about the sleep surgeries that yes there is an alternative because patients some of them are really aware of this and they are using the machine and lot of them are not happy with it so in case anyone thinks that this is just one treatment and if i don't use that's the end it's not like that there are surgical options there are medical devices there are dental devices and there are uh, small uh, splints and multiple things available as alternatives for the treatment of sleep apnea and snoring so just 
that people should keep in mind and thank you so much dr anamika for this uh, insightful conversation thank you anamika <laughs> <laughs> it's strange for right? such a nice chat and i hope a lot of people would be benefited by this conversation and Absolutely. it will give them a good healthy sleep <laughs> i hope so remember that sleep is not an indulgence it is a necessity to all the listeners tuning in to this episode i urge you to share your thoughts and comments on the social media pages of khaleej times till then this is anamika chatterjee signing off Thank you.